Everybody got a heart here yeah. tonight? Everybody got a heart? Yeah. Everybody's got a heart. Mm-hmm. Common denominator among everybody. Everybody's got a heart. <clears throat> There's been some research. I don't know if you've ever looked at it before or not. There's been some very interesting research done, and I'm talking about the physical realm, uh, done on the heart, and that, that many scientists have come to this conclusion, and believe it or not, some studies that scientists have used in correlation to some things that the Bible has said in some recent studies that the heart has a mind of its own. That the heart actually has a mind of its own. That your heart has the ability to actually think in and of itself. Not, not um, manipulated by the, the brain, but that it actually thinks alone. And so... I dug up a little bit of information. I want to read it to you. It's uh, titled, Was Your Heart Designed to Think on Its Own? And it actually originated out of uh, uh, Proverbs 23, 7, which says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. As he thinketh in his heart, so he is. The heart is a, in a constant two-way dialogue with the brain. But Dr. McCready explains the heart and cardiovascular systems send far more signals to the brain than the brain sends to the heart. Indeed, the neurons within the heart enable the heart to learn, remember, and make decisions independent of the brain's cerebral cortex. This has been known since the late 1800s, but largely ignored. It is less commonly appreciated that afferents or heart signals that flow to the brain profoundly affect the higher brain centers. Cardiovascular signals have numerous connections to brain centers, and they play a direct and important role in determining our perceptions, thought processes, and emotional experiences. Recently, a recent work has firmly established that the heart is a sensory organ and an information encoding and processing center with an independent nervous system that's sufficiently sophisticated to qualify as a heart brain. It's Circuitry enables it to learn, remember, and make functional decisions independent of the cranial brain. To everyone's surprise, the findings have demonstrated that the heart's nervous system is a complex, self-organized system. Its neuroplasticity, or its ability to bend, or ability to reorganize itself by forming new neural connections over both the short and long term, have been well established. Shortly said, brain is flexible and can determine the path that it wants to follow on its own. Now that brings up an interesting topic because when we start talking about the brain in and of itself we start looking at the the brain and then we look at its connection to the heart and and long we've read scriptures about issues of the heart. I mean I've read this for a long time and, and, and reading scriptures and and, and looking at the things that God has been telling us about the importance of the heart. Now, I think we all, we've all agreed that we all have a heart. So the next question is, is how have we been using it? And what's going on at the core center of who we are? We know that God speaks to us through our hearts. He deals with us through our hearts. That's important stuff. So when they started finding out this information, it was kind of striking to me. I thought, man, this is, and this stuff's been going on for a long time, but when you start researching it, I thought, 
there's some scriptures that actually are connected to this and showing us that when it starts talking about hide the word of God in your heart that you may not sin against him and that the the carnal mind is enmity against God see it's always about a heart issue right it's always about what's going on at the center of who we are so what I want to do tonight is I want to start in James if you would turn there tonight now I'm going to start in a set of scriptures that may seem like they don't fit but I'm going to read them and I want you to just hang with me and let's kind of take this let's take this uh, this journey together and it's in James chapter 3 James chapter 3, and what we're going to do is we're going to start in verse 1. And I'm just going to read. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able to also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which through, though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithsoever the governor lists, speaking about the tongue, correct? Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. We know that the tongue is a pretty destructive force, right? It can be very destructive, all right. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. Man, that thing is just, that thing can do all sorts of stuff. And it is set on fire of hell for every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of the things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not be so, uh, so to be. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? There's a question mark there. It's a good question. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But, now this is where it changes pace. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts. Hold on right there. Wait a minute. I thought we were talking about the tongue. I thought we were talking about the destructive power of the tongue, this destructive force. You notice the flow of the scriptures just talks about the fire of hell and talks about how it, it governs things and how it sets things on fire and how it does all these things. And you think, man, this thing is destructive. Then all of a sudden in the scriptures, it switches pace. And you can see it right here in 14. But if you have, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not or don't rejoice and lie not against the truth. <clears throat> what we see in Scripture is that it is possible, we all, we all know this, it is possible for 
bitterness and envying and strife and all kinds of things to enter the heart of man. Can we agree with that? There's this thing that, and I want to share this with you, that the Lord spoke this to me the other day, and the Lord has been really dealing with me about my heart, and this has been really undoing for me. It's been very undoing for me. I found myself in very vulnerable situations lately as I've allowed the Lord to deal with my heart. And I'm talking, not just, I mean, I'm, we're digging in my world. In my world, if you're me, we're digging in on some, some ground that has not been dug up in a long time. We're turning over some stuff and turning over things that have needed to be gotten rid of for quite some time. And what the Lord spoke to me is this. Who, who knows what this is? This is, a, this is a hand strengthener. This strengthens your grip, correct? People use it for rehabilitation. Some people just use it to, so they can get their hands stronger. And so I'm going to turn this thing to the max setting. Far as it can go. And I was playing with this, so to keep myself from being embarrassed, I'm going to let somebody else do it. <laughs> now, since I know Jesse here, he's strong. Yeah, Rick thought I was killing the hill because he's been going on about my grip strength. And so, I want you to—I want you to just give that a pull and just tell me how much how much grip is there. Quite a bit. I mean, that's maxed out. How long do you think you could hold that? I mean, you can bear down that. I don't want you to hurt yourself in church or anything. I don't think. I don't know if we've got any insurance that covers that. So. If, if you, what do you think, a couple seconds maybe? Yeah, 10, 15 seconds. Okay, 10, 15 seconds. So uh, I, could, I could pass this around and everybody's time would be a little bit different. And so what the Lord spoke to me was this. He said, the heart has grip strength. The heart has grip strength. Your heart has the ability to retain things. It has the ability. Now, science proved it. Scriptures prove it. Now, when when is it? When are we going to come to the realization that the, the, this heart issue is a very core issue in who we are, and what it is gripping onto matters greatly in your life. Amen. The heart's grip strength. It has the ability to grab a hold of things. There were uh, there were some different people throughout the years I've shaking hands with him and, and, and Rick Rick said I about took him down the other day when I, I shook his hand and I didn't mean to do that I didn't mean to do that but <laughs> so that could that could impair grip strength a little bit and so throughout the years I've shaken hands with a lot of different different gentlemen and I've 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 shaken hands with some that just about near consumed my whole hand just crushed my hand and I thought where did they get a grip strength like that well we all know that it's through conditioning. You spend some time working on your grip strength, you're going to increase its, its ability to hold on to things. Uh, there's, a, there's a little game that they always play at the uh, circuses and the fairs and stuff, and it's, I think it's, a, is it 100 seconds? I think it's 100 seconds. You hang from a bar for 100 seconds to see if you can, you can do it. If you can do it, then you want a prize. Well, evidently, 100 seconds is kind of like the, the threshold because most people can't do it. Most people can't even get close to it. Seems like you would be able to, but most people's grip strength just isn't enough. Now, I've seen some videos of some conditioned people who could get their hands around that bar and could hold on to that thing for an extremely 
obscene amount of time, very, very conditioned. You see, the heart's the same thing. See, because of its, uh, uh, I don't, how was that word? Elect I got, I, I want to use the word that they use because I thought it was interesting. Uh, let me find it. It was its, uh, well, its ability to bend. Elect uh, neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity, it's ability to bend. Because you have a flexible heart, it's easy to condition. But the thing that you got to remember is, is that the heart can be conditioned either way. You can have a heart that can, can be conditioned to have a hard grip strength to grab a hold of things that you don't need to have your grip on. It can be conditioned to hold on to. This is what we call that. In the Christian world, we call that hard-heartedness. That's what we call it. Somebody who's soft-hearted or has a pliable heart, we know what that feels like because when you come before the Lord, he kind of begins to work on your heart, right? How many of you, when you, you spent time with the Lord, maybe you did it before, but then you found yourself crying a lot? <laughs> I'm going to raise both my hands because I'm a crier in the presence of the Lord, and I'm not ashamed to tell you that. <laughs> Where there are different people that do different things, uh, some people run and some people shout. I just wilt. I'm just like, let, let, me, let me have a spot and let me just cry my eyes out because the Lord is so good. That's me. That's where I want to be. I want to be in the presence of the Lord. I wasn't always like that. And I can tell you that if my spiritual condition begins to wane, it's the first thing to go. And why do you think that is? Well, because the, the, plas the, plastic, the plasticity, the neuroplasticity, the, the way my heart operates, it's soft and then it gets hard. And if it starts to get a little stiff, the tears stop. They stop flowing. And it's, I'm a little bit uh, rigid around the edges. I'm a little bit hard to talk to. I'm a little bit short-tempered. I fly off the handle a little easier. And I start to recall that that's stuff that the old man used to do. Well, the old man was hard-hearted. He's hard-hearted. He's got, he, he's got issues. And the thing about it is that I notice is that we're, as people, we're very protective of our hearts. We're very protective. And if we're not careful, and we'll allow things, we'll allow our hearts to be conditioned to grab hold of things that don't belong to us. Condition. Meaning that over time, you don't even realize that you're grabbing onto it. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't be a Christian. It doesn't mean that you can't sit in church. It doesn't mean that you can hear things that are, that are beneficial to you, and you hear them and say, hey, that's a good message. Oh, I love to read my word, and I like to pray. There, see, there are just areas in our life sometimes where we're just simply hard-hearted. It don't mean that you're hard about everything, but there might be some things that your heart has been conditioned not to let go of so easily. So I kind of think of it like this. I kind of... Uh, I think of a kid, and when my kids were going up, and some of them, you know, they're still coming up, but when they were younger, if they grabbed hold of something that I had told them not to touch, I said, don't touch that. And so I would, I would say, put it down. And they would look at me and put it down. Hesitantly, but they would put it down. So I would go off and do my thing, and I'd come back, and there they was, and they had it in their hand again. So what are you doing with that in your hand? 
And so then there's like this standoff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Then you get a standoff with your kid. And so the standoff sometimes will get a little physical. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about about that either. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. So when I say physical, I mean I would grab your arm, put it down. And for some reason, at that moment, there's this standoff between parent and child. There's a whole lot of pride involved and a grip strength that refuses to let go. I said, drop it. And the tears are falling, and I try to grab it and pull it out of their hand, but it is stuck in their hand. They're locked in. This has taken place in Walmart. This has taken place in different stores. Would you put that down? And sometimes you gotta, falls to the ground. Why? Tough grip strength. Been conditioned, buck. Well, see, that's, I mean, I, I don't have time to go into the scripture aspect of, of the fact that, um, you know, you have to use the rod to punish your children and, and beat the folly far from them, okay? That's because it's intertwined in their hearts. That's scriptural, okay? That's scriptural stuff. And so, so what happens is, is that we, you know, you have this standoff with the kid and, and you're, you're like, put it down and you make them put it down and, and that's a conditioning. And eventually my kids learned this is the way you act in a store, and the grip strength got less and less to the point where if they touched it, I said, all right, put it down. And they put it down. Because Why? Because we had conditioned that situation. They knew that that was not the time to grab a hold of something. See, that's the same way with our hearts. And, and when you get hit with something, and I'm talking about something maybe you've even struggled with. Let's use bitterness as an example. Maybe you're bitter over something. Maybe something somebody did. And maybe this has been going on so long that your heart has been conditioned to grab tight of, tight of hold, tightly. Well, see, what we're doing, what you don't realize what we're doing is we're protecting ourselves. We feel that the best avenue is to grab hold of bitterness and then we'll use that to our advantage some way, somehow. Maybe we're not talking to them, maybe we've shut them out of our lives or whatever it is. But see, we've got this heart and our heart is grabbed tightly around this bitterness. See, sometimes what you have to do is you literally have to Smack it out of your heart. I mean, literally, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And what I've found is, is that when your heart remembers, when it remembers how to hold on to something, you may let it go that day, but two days later, it's going to come back again. And what is going on at that moment? See, we're not going to blame the devil. All right, come on now. We're not going to blame the devil. What's going on at that moment? is that the heart is learning to be soft again. It just hasn't figured it out yet. It's trying to grab hold of it again. It's like, you know what? You ever, you ever been sitting there and you remember something? It's like, you know what, I'm gonna forgive them. And two days later, you remember something you hadn't remembered about them in years. And you're like, you know what, I don't know about that. <laughs> that upsets me pretty bad. Maybe I won't forgive right now. And maybe you don't put it in those words. But in our hearts, see, our hearts know. <coughs> because of the conditioning, our heart seizes control again over the bitterness, mm. brings it back in, and now it's become an issue again. The reason we accept that so often is because the circumstances are a little different, so we permit it. I'm saying this to you because the Lord has shown me that the issues of the heart are very, very deep. They're deep in that our hearts literally have grip strength around issues 
and you're going to have to key in on those particular issues and you're going to have to ask the Lord to soften you in that area. I'm going to show you some scriptures here in just a minute that are going to pertain just to that. But you're going to have to ask the Lord to soften your heart in that particular area. I'm not talking about a general softening. I think we all should be praying for that every day. God, give me a soft heart. Give me a soft heart. But how many of you would agree with me tonight that some issues are just harder to let go than others? Amen. They just are. Um, a lot of that's going to have to do with your history. A lot of that's going to have to do with your relationships with the people that are involved in those things. A lot of you are going to have circumstances that have happened to you that you've never told anybody about. This is some deep issues of the heart. And you're going to have to go right to the core of what is going on in here. And you're going to have to make sure that you're letting go on a continual basis. It may take you a couple weeks. It may take you a couple months to condition your heart to be softened in that area. But it's something that God can definitely do. But what I have found in my own personal life is that this does not come generally speaking. This doesn't come generally speaking. And I, I thought for a long time that it would. I would rather just sweep it under the rug and not have to deal with the deep issues of the heart. But God hasn't let me do that. He's been reminding me every morning. Amen. Well... Specifically, once every three days, I think, I have this encounter, and it goes back to the issues of the heart. It goes back to the issues of the heart and dealing with the issues of the heart. It's very, very deep stuff, and it's been troubling for me. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even telling you. It's been troubling. But I'm having to look at things, and, I, and I've asked hard questions, and it's, and it's went a little deeper. And I've asked more hard questions, and we dug deep into Things that I've had to face as an individual. And those are hard. How many, can, how many know facing the things about yourself personally sometimes are very difficult? Amen. Because if we're all honest, there's, there's parts about us we don't like. We don't like those things about ourselves. Especially the areas that we've been hard in. I would say that sometimes it's embarrassing. I don't want to talk about the, the hardness of my heart in certain areas or why, why it even got that way. But the reality is, is that it's there. And we need to work on it. We need to make sure that those hard places in our hearts are softened again. And that we allow the Lord to deal with us in those areas again. Because it's those issues, it's those places in our hearts. As we begin to allow God to soften those areas, He's going to be able to take areas in our heart that He's never been able to take before. But it's going to be up to you to let them go. you got to soften your grip. you got to have a softer grip. When we take this thing... do this just keep doing it and doing it and do it see the heart has to be soft it has to be soft in order for God to deal with it it has to be soft in order for you to maintain freedom you don't you're not free when you're hard-hearted you're not free you're bound come on you're bound up and and I I'm not I, I would never knock anyone's Christianity but there's a lot of people that are are Christians today that are just simply bound up and they refuse to look at the deep issues of the heart. They refuse to see the areas that they're hard-hearted in. And they remain. And because of that, they stay defeated. God never intended for us for, to be that way. His desire is for you to be victorious and to live a victorious life. 
but it might take a little more maintenance on our part than we ever imagined. It might take some purposeful and meaningful looking into ourselves and recognizing when something seems out of place. All right, so let me continue here. I'm going to finish up with this part, and then we're going to go to another spot. But he said, he said, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Now that's really good. Let me tell you why that's good. Because right up in 14, what did it say? But if you have bitter, and envy, uh, bitter envying and strife in your hearts, verse 16 says, for where envying and strife is, where is it? In your heart. There is confusion in every evil work. So where's confusion and evil works going to be at? In your heart. Think about that for just a minute. Now that makes sense now because he's been talking about the tongue and the destructiveness of the tongue. See, now we understand and know, and I'm fixing to show you the scripture. We know that there's a direct correlation of, of the what's going on with the tongue and what's going on with the heart. The overflow is going to come out. We know that. And so what the scriptures are, are talking to us about here is that, yes, the tongue is a very powerful thing, and it does a lot of destructive things, and it, does a, it, just, it has a lot of power to do certain things. But at the core of the tongue is the heart. There's an interconnection. All right? Confusion in every evil work. And then he says in verse 17, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace in them who make peace. Okay. So, and I don't want to get into depth on that because I want to keep moving here because I don't want to take too much time to do this. And I want you to look at Matthew Uh, look at Matthew um, chapter Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by its fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. What is going on in the heart is going to come out of the mouth. And the reason I'm telling you that is you think, I'm not even alluding to anything about the tongue. I'm alluding to the fact that the heart has the ability to retain things that will come out. It has the ability. It has the elasticity to be conditioned to retain things, good or bad. We got to get a hold of that. We have got to get a hold of that. That's important for us to know. So if the scriptures tell us, hide the word of God in our hearts, then we have to take that literally. I've got to put this thing in my heart, not just read it. But it's got to be something that affects me at the core of who I am. I instill those things in me. It will change me from the core of who I am, and that will come out. 
But if I retain bitterness, if I retain strife, if I retain anger, it's going to come out. And if it doesn't just overflow and come out of me, it's going to just simply corrupt me from the inside. It's going to happen. You can't help it. And so if you really wrap yourself around this, this uh, research and then you look at the scriptures that confirm that the heart have, has a mind of its own, then I'll ask you this question. What's your heart been thinking about lately? I think that's a good question. What's your heart been thinking about lately? Has it been trouble? Is your heart troubled? Is it uh, frustration? Because your heart has the ability to meditate on things, not just the mind. And, this, and, and we just by looking at, at some of the research and that the heart is sending more signals to the brain than the brain to the heart, that's interesting. So maybe the things that are dwelling on your mind are the things that are going on in here. Come on. And maybe there are some things that we have got to, it's kind of like a clogged pipe. You know, it comes through, and I'll just, this is just an example. It's running through, and then we got this spot that just, it's just programmed. It grabs. Every time somebody says something, it grabs. Every time somebody does something to me, it grabs. Every time something doesn't go my way, it grabs. Because it's conditioned to do that. We are going to have to uncondition that kind of behavior. And it's going to take spiritual means to do it. It's only something that God can do. Truly, the Word of God has an effect on us when we put it inside of us. Truly, it does. It affects us. I, 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 uh, through my own experiences in my life, I have found that, and, and I have full confidence in this. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that I have the gift of faith, but I have full faith. There's not one ounce of me that doesn't believe that if I have anything that's going on in my life that's detrimental, I believe fully that I can open God's word, put it in my heart, and watch that thing grow and turn into something fruitful for God's service. I've seen it. There's, there's nothing anybody can say to make me believe otherwise. I've seen it. I've been at the bottom of the barrel. And I'm thinking, man, I got nothing. There's no seeds. There's nothing to use here. It's a desolate, barren land. And I've watched God plant seeds, and I've watched those things grow Amen. and turn into something yeah. that was usable and, and um, uh, effective in the kingdom of God. And nothing that I did. Because if it was left up to me, I'd have held on to every ounce of bitterness that was going through my heart. If it was left up to me, if it was left up to you, you wouldn't change a thing. You'd say, it's easier to be mad. It's easier not to let it go. It's easier. It's just easier not to have to get dish in the heart. It's easier not to have to look at the things that we don't like about ourselves. It's easier just sweep that under the rug. And I'm not, I am not by any means downplaying um, the great things that we enjoy as Christians. The God's presence. I love God's presence, don't you? Amen. I love his presence. But I've also found that the deeper I want to go, you're going to have to, to confront some issues. You don't get to go deep with the Holy Ghost if you're not willing to confront the deep things in your own life. It's just something about him. That's the way that works. It's like the first thing he goes after. That's the first thing he brings up is, hey, you got a little bit of bitterness there. Let's go ahead and let that go. And then if you retain it, hold it then you're stuck. Amen. You get stuck. Stop in that one location. You don't go nowhere. You're stuck there. I hope you, I hope you understand what I'm saying tonight. I hope this, uh, you're, you're retaining this. You're taking this in. Um, okay. Turn with me, and we're going to do this in closing. Eh, we'll do that. 
We don't have time. Uh, Proverbs. Chapter 4. Love and hate. Proverbs 4. Verse 20. My son, <coughs> attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He said, keep my sayings. Keep these things in the midst of your heart. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Now, I know that's going to mean something different for everybody as to how you actually approach study. But see, what you may not realize here is these scriptures take on a different tone when it tells us don't let them leave from the midst of your heart. That's different. That's different. And I'm not knocking anybody's prayer time. I'm not knocking anybody's time that you spend with the Lord. But I will tell you this, for my own for, for, for me, and I'll just wear myself out. That way we don't, we don't get anybody upset. <laughs> if, if I spend five minutes on God's word in the morning, that is a mental ascent. I am not getting anything from that. I am just going through the motions. My heart was not affected, but maybe just a little bitty bit. I didn't even give it time to work. I just floated. Run through it. Oh, I read my word. I'm good. Like, like, like we're reading God's word and punching a time clock. Think about that for just a minute. Like punching a time clock, and there's something interesting that comes along with that. When you punch a time clock, I punched a time clock for 19 years. I punched a time clock for 19 years. There's something interesting about a time clock in that when you punch in, you cannot wait to punch out. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's something about that thing. It's like... <clears throat> You know, you, you stick your card in or whatever, bleep, bleep. You know, it's all right, you're clocked in. You go in, you're thinking, man, I'm not going to see that thing for 10 hours. And you cannot wait till you clock out. A lot of people treat God's word the same way. They clock in and want to clock out just as soon as possible. How, were you, were you, what are you getting from that? Probably not much. So the reason I'm telling you this is you're going to have to spend some, some quality time with God's word in order to hide it in your heart properly. It doesn't hide very well if you actually don't spend the time trying to hide it. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work very well. So we're going to have to actually spend some quality time in order to keep God's word in the midst of our heart, as his word says, always. Not just that we carry our Bibles into church. No, that's not it at all. I mean, that ain't nothing but a group gathering and just kind of doing what everyone else does. That doesn't even count, in my opinion. Well, I brought my Bible. Well, good for you. That's good. Does it affect you? Does it work on you? Does it mess you up real good when you get in there and spend some time in it? Because that's what it should do if we're spending the time with it that we should. I'm talking about quality time. Now, what does that mean to you? I don't know. Maybe that's 15 minutes. Maybe that's a half hour. Maybe that's a full hour. I don't know. I don't know what that is to you, but I'm, I'm asking you, I'm challenging you. If you want to get your heart right, if you, want to, if you want to condition your heart to let go of some stuff, you're going to actually have to put the things in it that soften it. 
I, uh, we lived over here in, <laughs> we lived over here in Ravia. And Ravia's got some hard water. I mean, this is hard. Anybody, you all know what I'm talking about. Ravia's got hard water. And, uh, I would lose a coffee machine about every six months. And that coffee machine was gone. And, and sometimes you couldn't even descale the thing. I mean, <laughs> it's that bad. We moved over there and it just so happened the house that we got had a soft water thing in it. Well, I've never had soft water before. So this is like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And so I start putting the soft water in the coffee machine. Well, I noticed my coffee maker went two and a half years. I just got another coffee maker the other day. This thing went two and a half years. I've never owned a coffee maker that went two and a half years. Well, what, what was it? Well, I got rid of the hardness. We got down to some softness. And softness has, a, has an ability to to have lasting effects. It keeps things working properly. Uh, when we first moved into that house, our water heater exploded after we put new flooring down, after <laughs> Pastor put that new flooring down for me, and, and ruined the flooring. Why? The salt deposits and the hard water deposits, the, the guy had the thing mixed, all the mixtures all messed up. Well, I had to call in people to get it all fixed up. Well, then they got it set up right. He said, you'll never lose this again like that. It's the, the, it'll never affect it the same way. Now it's soft and it's good from here on out. So far, it's been true with all of my stuff. It's the same way with the heart. Some of us have got some hard water deposits. Yeah, hardened arteries. Good, good point. Hardened arteries. And that heart is just pumping against that hardness. Do you get my point tonight? You'll get what I'm saying. Amen, brother. Amen. There's some, there's some uh, just amazing things to be learned from the condition of the heart. Okay, I'm finishing up. For they are life. 22 says, For they are life unto those who find them in health to all their flesh. What? What is? What's health to all of our flesh? Somebody tell me. What does it say? What did it say right here? He said, My words. Is that what he said? But where do you have to put the words? In your heart. If you don't do that, church, then it doesn't work that way. The word has got to be put, you put it in the heart, you put it in the heart and it has an effect on the whole body. That's pretty amazing stuff. And I don't need a scientist to tell me that that stuff works. I've had it work for myself. So verse 23, keep uh, how many have the translation that says guard? Anybody? Anybody have a translation that says guard there? Some people's translations will say guard. Verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Uh, the translation, I like the translation guard there. Amplified says guard. Amplified says guard. Keep and guard. Keep and guard. Just don't guard it the wrong way. Stop guarding it from love. Stop guarding it from the spirit moving on you. Stop guarding your heart from the things that we should be softening it to. Stop grabbing a hold of things that harden the heart and start grabbing a hold of the things that soften the heart. Put it in. You put it in, it's going to have an effect. You put it in. You spend the time with it. You will let it affect you. You let it as... as uh, I've heard Rick say it a couple times, and I've I've said I've, you've heard me say it. Pastor said it before. Man, it's good to get beat up by the word sometimes. It really is. It's good because it just pulverizes you. Good, you just feel it's like it it, it just 
does something to us. And so let's not just read our words or the word of God. Let's put it in. Amen. Let's hide it. And these areas in your life, and I'm not even going to get into that tonight. That's your business. You've you got some hard-heartedness. Stop hiding from it and go right after it. If you've got some issues in the heart that need to be resolved, you go right into it. You look at it, you begin to ask the hard questions. And I'm going to tell you something, church. God will begin to answer you. He'll begin to show you how to get out of it. He'll show you. And you, you just look at it and think, you know what? I shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't have those kind of emotions towards that person. I shouldn't be this angry. I shouldn't be this frustrated. I shouldn't be this upset. If that's you tonight, then there's some areas that God needs to be let in. Do, do, listen, church, do we, have to, do we have to be convicted by the Holy Spirit to notice that something's out of place in our life? It's our responsibility. Now, it's great to be convicted by the Holy Spirit, but that's the problem with people today is they don't have just good spiritual common sense. My Bible tells me if there's bitterness and envy and going on inside of me, something's wrong. And there don't have to be a big service take place and a message about bitterness and envy for me to realize that something's not right. Up to you. You're the one that does it. you're the one that evaluates your own heart. You've got to figure it out for yourself. Especially if we're gonna say that we're mature Christians, right? Especially, especially if we're supposed to be off the milk and on the meat. We should be able to evaluate ourselves. So I leave you with that tonight. I leave you with that challenge. I leave you with this these words from from God's word. That we've been given something tonight just through his word that's gonna that's gonna press us a little bit. It presses. This is good. I need this tonight. I need this. This is I'm I'm in I'm in my own place right now, going towards him and digging up some stuff that needs to be dug up. I don't have any I don't have any uh idea of stopping either. We're gonna keep going. And and whatever needs to be taken care of, we're gonna let the Lord take care of it. We all got listen, church, you may think it's weird for me to stand up here and tell you stuff like that. But I like to be transparent because I'm a human being, just like you are. We all got issues we've got to go look at and pay attention to and say, you know what, I got to get rid of that. I'm going to kick that thing out of my house so we can have a healthier house, spiritually healthy house. Would you stand for me tonight? I appreciate, and I know I, I believe Pastor would say the same thing. I appreciate the people of Rock Harbor Church because the people of Rock Harbor Church listen. There's something about this church that's very attentive. And not all churches are attentive. Not all churches are attentive. The, the people of Rock Harbor Church listen. Listen, church, we're going somewhere. Amen. God is doing some great stuff here. And, you know, I, we all hope someday we move across the road and we all hope someday we get a new building and. We all hope someday we can see, um, we can hope to see better times. But see, even if we don't do that, even if we don't move across the road, even if we never leave this building, what God is doing here with us is absolutely priceless. Amen. The stuff we are gaining here in this small group right here, stuff that will never leave us. This stuff is going to affect us for the rest of our lives and for the good. That's something to be thankful for tonight. Amen. Father. Thank you for tonight, Lord, and just thank you for letting us be here, Father. I'm humbled by your presence, Lord. 
I'm humbled, Father God, just to be here with brothers and sisters who love you and fear you. Father, I pray that you help us, Lord. Help us to keep exploring the deep parts of our heart, Father God, that are not right. The parts of us, God, that we that we retain for ourselves and that maybe we're, we're ashamed or we're scared to show, Lord. I pray, God, that you soften us, Lord. Soften our hearts that we give these things up to you, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, as we, as we uh, endeavor in this, Father God, as we go forward with it, Lord God, that you give us the strength, Lord, to keep gaining ground, to keep gaining ground and pushing forward, Lord, that we don't stop and that we don't get satisfied, Lord, but we're bent on getting closer to you. Father, I pray for a fervency, Lord God, just an increased fervency, Lord God, with the people of this church, Lord. Help us, Lord. And God, I pray tonight, Lord, for the ones in here that have been beaten and battered, Father God. I pray, Lord God, just a touch and a healing upon them, God. The ones who have been through situations in their lives, Father God, that have affected them in the long term. Father, I pray, give them softness of heart, Lord. And Father, I pray tonight, give us love one for another. Give us love for our brothers uh, and that we pray for one another. Give our, our, our sisters love, Lord God. And help us, Lord God, to pray for each other, Father God, and to lift each other up in prayer. Father, thank you for the victory tonight. I want to thank you tonight, God, for the victory that you've given Rock Harbor Church. Yeah. Father, you've given, we've been through so many things as a church, Lord God, and you've guided us through so many different things, Lord. Thank you for that tonight, Lord. Thank you for victory, Lord. And Father, we just pray this, Father, over this entire congregation for a continued walk in you. It might be narrow, but we're going to continue on this path. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. God bless you tonight.